0: Welcome back. It's the Systems Made Simple podcast. This is episode 110. Today, I've got an expert that you are going to love because he is going to show you how to leverage the power of the Enneagram, which is a completely underutilized leadership tool that's going to help you hire the right people, solve any teamwork dilemmas that come up, and unlock your team's full potential so you can build a high-performing team that other people are going to envy. That's all coming up next, so stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for one thing helping overworked entrepreneurs like you learn how to run your business like a true visionary leader. Because when you get the right systems, support, and structure in place, you can spend more time in your zone of genius. So if you're tired of listening to today's business influencers teach the same old, worn out marketing strategies that aren't making you any money, it's time to take a look under the hood of your business and fix the engine itself. Because the truth is, you don't have to work as hard as you are right now to scale beyond six figures and create the greater influence, income, and impact that you deserve. The secret to scaling starts on the back end of your business. This is the Systems Made Simple Podcast you ever hired someone only to have it not work out yeah me too hand is raised right here if so if you have ever been in that position then you know just how much that stings the pain of the wasted time and the wasted energy and the wasted effort trying to find someone and interview them and hire them and onboard them and train them Only to have to let them go because either A, they're failing to meet expectations or for them to maybe move on to another position because this, air quotes, just wasn't the right fit. So if you've ever found yourself in that position, then you are going to love this episode. This episode was made for you because my guest today, Matt Schlegel, has been helping business owners solve teamwork dilemmas since 2003 when he discovered this personality typing system commonly known as the Enneagram, and started applying it to team dynamics. And essentially, what he's done is he has transformed this Enneagram into a leadership tool that you, as the visionary leader of your business, can use within your company to help your team work together effectively. And today, he's going to show you how to utilize it to make hiring and team building a joyful experience. Matt, welcome to the Systems Made Simple podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. In fact, excited is probably an understatement because I have been looking forward to this conversation since you reached out, gosh, a couple of months ago at this point to be on the show because I know what you have to share is gonna be so valuable for our listeners today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Courtney. I'm really excited to to speak with you.
0: Yes, so as an Enneagram expert and an expert in team dynamics and in leadership. For those that are listening that maybe have never heard of the Enneagram before, maybe they're sitting here going, wait, uh, what did you just say? Can you explain to us what the Enneagram is?
1: Absolutely. So uh, the, the Enneagram is, you know, commonly understood as a personality dynamic system. And, you know, I came to it um, as I was an engineering manager and um, I was leading teams. And as a part of that, I was always interested in learning new tools to help my team become more effective. And, you know, along that journey, you get introduced to a lot of different tools. You know, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Finders. there's many of them. And, um, and one of those was the Enneagram. Now the Enneagram you know is is absolutely you know fantastic at this it it um, has nine distinct types and um, each with um, its very distinct motivation and approach and perspective and I started using the Enneagram with my team, and it was just um remarkably you know, accurate at how well it gave me insights into, you know, what was going on and why people were responding to situations um, in their unique way. You know, a lot of people say, you know, that w- when, when something comes up, you know, you have your own innate response to it um, and you kind of might assume that everybody would respond the same way, but they don't. And the Enneagram actually gives you a lot of insight into why people respond differently to different things.
0: I remember when I first learned about the Enneagram, I felt that same sense of fascination because I had never seen information about ourselves presented in such a way before. And it did that accuracy that you're talking about. It really felt that way because I remember when I learned about my type, and I'm going to have you go through the types quickly in a moment too, because I think that'll be helpful for our listeners as well. You bet. Mm-hmm. But when I learned about our ta- my type, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting there reading this book and I'm laughing to myself. My husband's in bed next to me sleeping. And I'm just like laughing out loud going, this is just too accurate. Like there was this example in the book that was used about, you'll know if you are this type, if you have a problem with how other people stack the dishwasher. And I'm just laughing to myself because I'm like, Definitely that person that goes behind whoever puts dishes in the dishwasher and rearranges them and, you know, the whole thing.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> so
0: that is totally me. It's
1: like a type one.
0: <laughs> yes, You got it. So I was reading this book and I'm going through, and as I'm going through the book, people were coming to my mind. As I read yes. through each type, I was instantly picturing specific people who I thought, oh my gosh, they must be a seven, or they must be a type nine, or they must be a type five, or whatever the different types were. And suddenly, it gave me this whole new window of insight into the human person. And with a background in psychology, of course, this is something that I've always been fascinated by, how we're wired, how we operate, how we work. But this took it to a new level. So I would love for you, if you would, to share what are the different types? And, you know, maybe for those listening, they might start to go, hmm, maybe that's me.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, I, I had exactly the same experience when I, you know, learned about my type, which I'm a type six. And, um, and it gave me more insight about how I was working and feeling than any other system had. And so it, it, it's just remarkable. Um, so yeah, just really quickly, the um, I'll just work around in, in order So, type one is the perfectionist and, um, and they're the ones that are drawn to making things right. They're often the first to see, Hey, that's not right. It shouldn't be like that. It should be like this. And then they're compelled to go in it, like, you know, Hey, those dishes aren't stacked correctly in the dishwasher. I need to fix that. <laughs> so then, type two is um, often called the helper, and they're the ones who have the sense of wanting to go in and, uh, you know, I help people, and and so they 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 will when they connect with people they're connecting kind of on an emotional level and they're wanting to understand you know how i can help you and and in return for that help what they really want is appreciation and so they get into these relationships where they help and they get the the appreciation and that just makes them want to help more and more and so you see a lot of of um, type twos in service roles like nursing and firefighting and maybe police work or military work where they're serving and then they get that appreciation. The type three is often called the achiever, and they're the ones who are always thinking about ideas for you know how I can succeed, how we can uh, you know achieve some goal and achieve some success and one of the hardest working of of all types, you know, they're the ones who come in early in the morning, they'll stay late, you know, because failure is not an option. And so they work very hard to make sure that they don't fail and they succeed. Now, type four is really fascinating because they are it's it's often called the eternal internal um feeling type or emotion type so for for the type 4s there's you know if you ask a type 4 hey how are you feeling they're going to look at you and say i'm feeling fine but what they're really thinking is what a idiotic question. How can I tell you how I'm feeling when I'm feeling the warmth of Courtney's voice? I'm feeling the sunshine coming through the window. I'm feeling the the sound of the coffee maker going in the background. I'm feeling all these things. But if I told you that, you'd think I'd nuts. So I just say, I'm feeling fine. And so, so that's kind of what's going on with the four and, and they, they are some of the best at actually communicating at an emotional level. So not necessarily with words, but they, they become, you know, artists and musicians and poets because they, they want to use, you know, medium that, that actually evoke emotion. Okay. So now, we're switching over into the what the enneagram calls as the head group and that's the 5 the 6 and the 7 so the 5 they are our analysts they are the ones who you know want to analyze ideas and take things apart and put them together and categorize things. And, you know, they 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 love reading, they love books. They, you know, will just do a deep dive. So, you know, there are, are scientists, our engineers, a lot of them, um, they tend to be on the quiet side. They tend to be very reserved. You know, if they're sitting in a meeting, they're going to be the last ones to speak up. And so you need to kind of, you know, call, call them out. Um, uh, but, but not too directly. Um, in order to, to get them to share. And then type six, um, you know, that's, that's me. And, and what's going on, you know, for the type sixes is, is, you know, we want to kind of know what's going to happen. And, you know, we're one of the things that's centered with uh, sixes is anxiety. And so the way that our anxiety goes down is if we know what's going to happen, the anxiety goes down when thing when I don't know what's going to happen and things kind of go off track and uh, that's when my anxiety goes up. So so sixes are always kind of thinking ahead, looking into the future, trying to minimize risks, trying to create predictability. You know, so we make really great project managers and planners and all that kind of thing. And then type seven, these are our um, network networkers, our enthusiasts. They um, they want to be around other people. they want to have fun they 're always kind of looking for the next fun thing to do. They get people excited about doing it and then they draw people in and then they go out and have a great time and, and so that 's kind of the 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 function of the seven the 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 eight you know these folks are they're they they love to be in control and they love action. They love doing stuff. And so they're the ones who want to like stop talking. Let's go. Come on. Let's let's get things going. And so they're they're all about action and they're all about wanting to Essentially, you know, one of their innate issues is like controlling their environment. So so they want to control the environment and they want to get to action to kind of build a secure environment for everybody. And then the nines, they're called the peacemakers. And these are the folks who are, they probably understand our perspective better than anybody else, <laughs> even better than ourselves. Um, and, and they are able to kind of put themselves in other people's shoes. You know, if, if you ask a, um, a, a nine, hey, where do you want to go to lunch? They're, they're not thinking, where do they want to go to lunch? They're thinking, where do you want to go to lunch? Because they're trying to avoid any conflict. And so if they actually assert their own opinion, then you know, that might be, create a conflict. So what they'll try to do is just figure out what you want and just go along with it. And so, so, the, so that's kind of the role of the, the nine is to harmonize the environment and reduce conflict. So that's each type in a super quick nutshell. <laughs>
0: Yes. And you know, it's so interesting too, because as you share about these types, again, I'm still thinking of people like, oh yes, my friend over here who's absolutely an eight, you know, they're the ones who are like, get it done, let's just go in, they're very blunt, you know, speak to you very forward. And uh it's just how they operate, right? And and so just even just understanding this, even if you're listening right now and you've known nothing about the Enneagram until this episode today. Can you see how these different types and understanding how these different types operate, how they think, how they work, could be helpful to know for you as the visionary leader of your business in growing a strong team? And each of these different types have unique strengths. And what happens, and this is at least in my experience, Matt, what has happened before I knew about the Enneagram and before I was really skilled in hiring or interviewing or finding the right people, and really I was just coming from that place of desperation, I need some help, get someone in this position as quickly as possible, I would often mismatch people for the role that I wanted them for. And I would choose someone based on their skill set or based on, you know, how they presented in the interview and also from, again, my desperation to get someone in that role quickly. And it never worked out because it was like fitting a square peg into a round hole.
1: Right. And it just didn't
0: work out in terms of, you know, communication on the team, the health of the team overall, the morale of the team. And so I'm sure for those listening, there's probably many kind of nodding their heads like, yeah, I've hired people too, and it hasn't worked out. And this could also be one of the underlying reasons why. And so for me, I love this because when you could understand how people are wired, then it helps you not only find the right people, put them in the right positions, but utilize their strengths to help you grow. So I would love to hear then how you've essentially taken this personality dynamic typing system and turned it into a leadership tool that leaders right. can use in growing their business.
1: Yeah, so this reminds me, you know, of uh, a time I r- I read the book First Break All the Rules and and in that book they talk about, you know, wanting to hire somebody that you know, has a super highway for the activity that you want them to do. Um, you know, you can hire somebody. Uh, you know, et, you know, especially in in American culture. You know, we're we're all kind of taught that. You know, hey, if you really try hard, you can do anything you want. But one of the rules that first break all the rules is saying is that is true just only to a certain extent because we all have our innate super highways and you know, if you hire somebody to do something, but they only have a bumpy country road instead of a superhighway, it's going to be more difficult. And I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. But the book never said, hey, how do I identify what people's superhighways are? And then right after that, I discovered the Enneagram. I'm like, oh, this is it. This tells me what everybody's super highway is. And that's why it's it's so important um, as a, a, a leadership tool for leaders, especially leaders who are hiring, and they they are thinking about I need somebody who is just really proficient at this task. You know, how can I find somebody, identify somebody who I know is just going to be innately good at it. And just a really quick story. So when I was hiring um, an editor, for my book, you know, I said, you know, I really want a type one to be the editor because I want it to be perfect. And so I started um, interviewing editors and, and I would ask them, hey, do you know the Enneagram? And it wasn't until one of them said, oh yes, I love the Enneagram and I'm a type one. I'm like, Oh, thank you. You know, perfect. And it was just such a remarkable experience because, you know, she was so dedicated to making the book perfect, you know, and just really understanding what that meant to me and then really channeling all that one energy into making it perfect. That was, you know, exactly what I wanted. And then I got the bonus of her Giving me additional insights as a type one, and she was reading all the sections on the type one. She was, she was um, essentially validating everything I was saying about that um, type one dynamic. So it was a really joyful experience, and it just really spoke to you know hiring the right person for the job.
0: Yes. And I could see how a type one would be an excellent book editor. You know, right? it's so interesting because as a type one myself, like, oh my gosh, if that I is not dotted and that T is not crossed, you better believe I'm going to notice. And this drives some people up the wall, like my husband, who is like, why do the dishes have to be that way in the dishwasher? It doesn't really matter, you know. But at the same time, in certain roles, that 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 can be a strength that could be really utilized, you know, for someone who may not have that attention to detail. Exactly. And they have to become very complimentary. Yes. Yes. So how did you then figure out that the Enneagram was more than just a personality dynamic and that it really was a process? You mentioned before we hit record about the numbers. Right. And what the numbers mean. Can you go into a little more detail about that with us here?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have an engineering background and you know, so I and I'm a type six, so I like processes. And so when I when I looked at the Enneagram, what one of the things I saw was, wow, it kind of looks like a clock, it's a circle, it has a bunch of numbers around it. Why, why is it you know, why are they numbers? You know, why aren't they let, letters like Myers Briggs or you know, colors or you know, some other thing? And as I did a little more research, I discovered that oh, the Enneagram actually is a process as well, and those numbers represent the steps the order of the process. And it is the process by which humans solve problems. So what's the first step in problem solving? It's identifying that, hey, that's a problem. It shouldn't be like that. It should be like this. Well, what's the dynamic of type one? Hey, that's not right. It shouldn't be like this. It should be like this. Right, so that's the first step in problem solving, and the one speaks directly to that dynamic and type two is who cares who has an emotional connection to the problem, and that's that's exactly type two that's that that that's helper dynamic of having that emotional connection, and on around each um dynamic that we know about the Enneagram from a personality point of view is exactly the dynamic that is associated with that next step in problem solving. So now you have this wonderful system that essentially maps steps in problem solving, human problem solving with a personality dynamic. And once you have that framework, then, you know, I can go in, I can look at a, a team and if I assess what Enneagram types they are, I can say what types they're going to do well at, what types they're not going to do well, well at, what types they're, you know, if there's too many of one type, what ty- what what step they're just going to stick on, you know, like too many fives is going to be paralysis by analysis. Or not enough fives means you're going to skip the analysis step and and then you're going to have trouble down the road. And so it really speaks to the importance of having balance on your team as you're working through problem solving so that you do put energy into each of those steps so that you end up with effective, lasting solutions for whatever you're trying to do.
0: That is so interesting. I had no idea that the different numbers could be used as a process like that. It essentially mirrors the problem solving process.
1: Exactly, and, and, and right, and and it's um, such a um, a little understood aspect of the Enneagram. And that's why I was compelled to write the book because look at there's plenty of books out there on the Enneagram, so I didn't need to write another book about that because that that space is completely covered that but what's not covered is this whole other very powerful aspect of the Enneagram that is so practical, even for an engineering type like me. It's like this just you know gives me the framework to you know, build highly, highly effective teams.
0: Yes. So your book is Teamwork 9.0. And tell us a little bit more about that, because that was my next question for you. Is for those listening today, they might be like excited about this. They might be hearing about this for the first time. Maybe they've heard of the Enneagram, but now they're like, wow, I have a practical way to use this and growing my team. I know I feel excited right now. But then it comes the next step, right? What is the first step to really applying this? Aside from reading your book, of course.
1: Yes, yes, well, you know always and and this is one of the challenges for me is that that you know you have this very powerful problem solving framework, but you get so much more out of it if you actually really know the the enneagram as well and the enneagram personality styles, you know that's how I came to it, and that's why it just really made so much sense so you know, I, I encourage people, you know, as, as a first step is to, you know, learn more about the Enneagram. And if, if you're a leader, um, I would say of all the systems out there that you may have heard of, you know, the Enneagram is, is, it's a little more complicated than some, and it's really worth the effort because, as a leader, you really want to understand your team. You want to be able to connect with them. You want to make them feel heard, right? And and so if you are, um, you know, just you know, living in your type and kind of you know th- thinking that other people will just adapt to that, you won't be able to connect as well as if you kind of meet people where they're at. You know, so you know, I'm a six, but when I'm dealing with a one, I I know. Look at It's all about getting it right. I know that's what you want to do. So I'm going to have a conversation about how I can help you get it right from your perspective, because that is going to, you know, I'm going to provide you the information you need. I'm going to provide it in plenty of time because I know you want and need the time to get it right to your level of satisfaction. I'm, you know, and we'll have, you know, conversations and coaching about, hey, you know, You know, at some point it doesn't need to be so perfect. It will be good enough and have, you know, have the good enough conversation, you know, and, 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 but, but you're doing it from a point of view of really understanding what you as a type one are going through, empathizing with that. And, and the type one will so appreciate that and just, you know, feel compelled to be a better contributor on the team. So that's why. You know, and, and and that's true for all the types, right? Learning all the different types outside of your own type just allows you to connect with your team and and help them uh, become more effective in, in what they do.
0: Yes. The metaphor that comes to mind for me is almost like learning how to speak their language. And if we don't know how to speak someone's language, there's going to be communication issues. There's going to be miscommunication. There's going to be misfirings and things that happen that cause communication to break down. But as you're saying, so so well said, that when you're looking at it from that person's perspective and you have an understanding of how that person thinks and how they operate, then it can only enhance communication. It can only enhance the dynamic of that relationship, you know, whether it's you to an employee or a team member, from team member to team member, right, for team members that have to work together. Right. And it can just take your team to a whole new level.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it just reminds me, one of the chapters in the book is um, about time, about how each Enneagram type thinks about and processes time. You know, are are you thinking more about the past? Are you thinking more about the future? Or are you living in the present? And then the, the other aspect of time is, are you acting with urgency? Or are you acting with patience? And you know, and each enneagram type has a distinct take on time. And I notice, you know, when I w- watch teams um, work together, how a lot of conflict comes around. The, you know, mismatches in sense of urgency and patience, and mismatches um, in terms of you know. You know, thinking about the future or thinking about the past, and so it's um, it, it's it's another um, just aspect and tool that you can use as you know the Enneagram types is like understand that oh the Type Twos they they are reminiscers they're the ones that are always reminiscing about their the the past experiences they've had with others they're kind of reliving those emotional. Connections and feelings that they had, and so that's where they dwell, and then and that's what they bring to you know the the group is you know how people relate to emotions as they are working through problem solving, and so it's it's um, it's just another fascinating part, and 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 so um, integral to to how people work together when they're solving problems.
0: Absolutely, I mean that the time aspect is huge. I love that you touch on that in the book too and actually go there because that is one of the, the biggest causes of frustration. In team dynamics, and, and let's face it, in any relationship that we have, because if someone has this timeline in their mind and your timeline is different and those timelines are not lining up, there's going to be problems.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> yes. So learning how to understand that, first of all. Second, how to navigate that and utilize that, right? And use it as an advantage and use it to our advantage, rather, as opposed to you know just thinking, oh, gosh, time, it's just something that's always working against us.
1: Right, right.
0: Matt, this has been a fascinating conversation. I could sit here and talk with you for another half hour. I would love to do that. We'll have to bring you back on the show sometime.
1: I'd love to do that. Thank you so much. It's it's just such a joy to speaking about uh, the, all of this stuff with you.
0: Yes. Well, and I can hear your enthusiasm and your passion for this topic because I know you know how much it can help, especially business owners who might be just in that place right now where they're feeling frustrated. You know, they've tried hiring. It hasn't worked out. They see themselves running a big team one day, and maybe not even necessarily big, but a strong team, a team that gets things done, a team that communicates well. And I know that you have just given us so much insight into how we can do that. So I would love for you to share how we can get a copy of your book, where we can find you online, because I know our listeners are going to want to reach out and connect with you
1: oh well thank you for that so um the the book is available on amazon and you you can just find it it's called teamwork 9.0 and um and then you can find me at um www com That's my website and um, there's links to the book there. There's also um, a free Enneagram assessment if you're interested in that. Um, I um, have a blog and, um, and doing, um, I' am doing interviews with leaders of different Enneagram types so that you can get a, an appreciation of the different styles each. Um, leaders of each type, uh, you know, bring to teams.
0: Awesome. We're going to link to all of that in the show notes. So for you listening, just check out the show notes on this episode and you can tap right through and find out more about Matt and get a copy of his book. Matt, thank you again for your time today. This has been great.
1: Thank you, Courtney.
0: All right. So if you want to check out Matt's book or the resources that he's just shared with you, head to the show notes to get those links. And if you learned something new today, I want to hear about it. I want you to get out your phone right now. Do it right now. Open up your Instagram. Follow me there at the Courtney Elmer if you're not following me there already. And then simply share this episode to your stories and the biggest takeaway you got from it and tag me. And when you do, I'll feature you on my Instagram to my community of nearly 7,000 entrepreneurs. Now, coming up next week on the show... Oh, do I have something special for you? We are talking about your messaging. If you have been in business for any length of time, you know messaging is important. You know this. You've probably done work on your messaging before. Maybe you are right now. But how do you know if your messaging is actually resonating? If it's actually landing with your ideal clients, if they're actually getting it? You'll find out when you join me back here next Tuesday. How's that for a teaser? Until then, go live your effortless life. I'll see you back here next time.